0: I prefer to just bring in freelancers who are brilliant out there doing their job, and then they're, they're everybody's part of the team. You know, everybody's delivering exactly what I am requiring of them, and I know that they want to do really well. They want to be able to be given more clients as well, so it just works so much better. I can guarantee a good quality output as opposed to managing people, even when they're coming out of university with digital marketing skills. Excuse me, no, no, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. anymore. It's not happening too much spoon-feeding required, so I prefer to work with the freelancers.
1: Hello, and welcome to Small Business Financial Freedom. Today, I'm joined by Finn Wincherly. Is that how you say your name? Wincherly. Wincherly.
0: I should uh, use the witch's hat as a pointer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll maybe remember that in future. (laughs) So I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about Finn. So she's an award-winning, helps professional firms and ambitious entrepreneurs attract clients, sales, awards, and votes using all storytelling tools of persuasion and influence. From PR to influencers and from TikTok to AI, Finn is a regular expert speaker on BBC TV and radio with a sizable online following, including Barack Obama the Bank of England, and other standout enterprises. She specializes in luxury brands and professional services. Wow, that sounds amazing. How did you get Barack Obama?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Barack Obama was was an early achievement from uh, when I started up the business. Originally, you know, as soon as social media came around, I realized it was an incredible opportunity for small businesses because up until that point when social media came around, you know, if you wanted to do any marketing or advertising, you had it you had to have a good budget. You had to pay to get into a newspaper or a magazine or a billboard or on the or any any kind of way for doing marketing, you you had to pay. So therefore, starting up in business was massively difficult because. You know, you couldn't get the word out about what you were doing in business unless you actually had a budget for it. So when social media came in, I was instantly all over it like a rash because obviously I'd seen so many people failing in business because of, you know, cash flow and not really knowing all the tricks of marketing. And I leapt on it as an opportunity to help businesses to get their story out there, to get their fascinating adventures into the newsfeed. And then, of course, I was always shouting out about brilliant businesses and politicians who were absolutely smashing it. And so Barack Obama was somebody who came from nowhere. He wasn't supposed to win. No. You know, he literally came from the back of the pack and came in and swooped the entire American nation and the hearts of the rest of the world because he used social media to a devastating uh, impact. You know, he had a strategy for speaking with the Greens. He had a a strategy for speaking with black people. He had a strategy for speaking with uh, the gay community. He had a strategy for everybody and everybody felt like they were being addressed because he, he had a very, very targeted approach to each demographic. And you can do that on social media. And so this was like, you know, early, early 2000s when that really Mm -hmm. started kicking off and I was just banging the drum about how phenomenal it was and small businesses all over the world should learn what an example that is. And I would be interviewed about it and talk about Mm -hmm. it on lots of articles and blogs and things. And then, of course, I found out that Barack Obama had decided to follow me as well as a result. So obviously I'd done something right by shouting about it. But it was genuine. You know, I I went into a lot of detail as to what he was doing and how you, too, could maybe not necessarily win the American presidency, but, you know, achieve some other kind of life-enhancing achievement through uh, understanding how to use social media to win the crowd. So...
1: Not like Trump then. <laughs> it's changed a lot, eh, with Trump.
0: Well, I mean, Trump was another great example of working with the crowd because he went even further. Whereas Obama was somebody who said, okay, I have a strategy for every single person, every single demographic who has a potential of being a supporter of mine. Trump said, you're not my demographic. You're not my demographic. You're not my demographic. <laughs> I'm only speaking to my people and all the rest of you can get to hell. Yeah. And again, that was a very, very powerful strategy as well because, and and so not only was he very, very specific about his core people that he supported, he gave them merchandise, they wore his hats, they wore his t-shirts, they would put wallpaper all over their bedrooms for the make America great again. And the slogans, he really pumped up his tribe massively. And his other strategy in terms of media attention was a great strategy for small businesses was to actually get your news in front of everybody else's news. So his kind of expostulations, let's call them, were so outlandish, radical, and in your face. The media was all over him. So all of his opponents couldn't help but report. So if you looked at... The entirety of even the Democrat newspapers and, and media machine, how much time they devoted to Trump in order to denounce him. But actually, it's attention. That's the only thing that matters is attention. If you can grab attention, yeah. no matter whether it's negative or positive, you know, you have a very, very strong chance of winning because of that, being able to uh, grab attention. And it applies in social media as well. If you can grab attention and hold people there, whether it's because they hate you or because they love you, you're doing the job of social media as opposed to the worst thing you can do, which is just be vanilla, bland, appropriate. You know, it's just people are just going to scroll on past. Them. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So let's talk about when you first started. When did you first actually start this business? So was this is this been your only business?
0: No I started one before which was called supersized blogging okay because I I imagined that because supersized media was happening and I had a background in journalism and marketing direct marketing and speech writing that you know my natural talents were kind of long form copywriting and I worked with the you know commonwealth heads of government and Loads of kind of senior politicians and CEOs to make sure that they, their message was really, really clear for that particular audience that they were looking to impress, get on board, influence, whatever it was. And even working with companies and making sure that their pitches were absolutely solid as well. So, and so when I was thinking about, you know, being able to participate in the digital economy, I assumed that small businesses and big businesses knew what they were doing with social media. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to spend time on the hard bits, you know, the long form content. And so I I worked with a couple of uh, businesses, gave them some phenomenal blogs, which were search engine optimized. I had all their keywords, had all the great kind of narrative content and everything and they just stuck them on their website. And I was just like, oh, my God, you guys don't even know what to do <laughs> with a blog. Uh, this is a nightmare. Because, like, just sticking it on your website is the equivalent of just, like, chucking it in the ocean and hoping for the best. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you you write a message to Santa Claus and you stick it in the fire.
1: You know, that was You mean blissful. It doesn't get to him by doing that, Ben. What, sorry? It doesn't get to him by doing that. It doesn't get to him at all. Oh at no, all. I've got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've got to do it in a way that actually delivers, you know. So I always say that, you know, when it comes to marketing, it's not marketing unless it gets in front of your target audience. If it doesn't get in front of any of the, that target audience, it's just publishing. So go back to bed.
1: Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you're,
0: wasting, you're wasting your time.
1: So you quickly clicked that you needed to do more than just blogging.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I realized that actually nobody knew how to work Twitter. Nobody knew how to work Facebook. So I had to actually bundle up a whole bunch of packages to help not just the small businesses who I thought were my main audience, but actually the advertising agencies, because the advertising agencies, you know, their traditional model was kind of graphic design, really. You know, we're going to come up with a concept we're going to spend three months developing it, then we're going to launch it, and then we're going to test it and analyze it, and then we're going to reiterate. And that was their formula. Whereas, you know, if you're going to come up with a, a strategy for a company's social media, <laughs> you know, it's a hungry beast. You know, you're going to have to come up with ways to charm and entertain and innovate on the newsfeed, on the regular. You can't. You don't have three months to come up with one slogan. No. And <laughs> so how- they're... I was uh, I was being brought into all the ad agencies to help their businesses come up with uh, different narratives, different strands of content that they could um, comfortably come up with on them on their own.
1: So, how did you find starting up a business? Was it what you expected it to be? <laughs> it was uh, very
0: difficult. Very difficult. It was it was the best thing I ever did. I would say it was much much better than you know being an employee. And I feel like because I've got five children and because I was a single mom, I needed to have a a way to make money that would allow me to look after my family responsibility. So therefore, it was really important for me to be able to work at all hours, whenever I can grab the time when the barons are asleep, you know, or having a CF or out on a play date and things. And so being able to have that business with that level of flexibility was so important and once I was able to master how to make that happen comfortably then I've always carried those values on with me so I always like to bring on people who want to have that flexible kind of life balance with work so that you know if you, even if you've got a young family you can still put in a full-time shift but you're working whatever hours you want to as far as I'm concerned if the clients are delighted we're, we're we're cooking with
1: gas basically so would you change anything if you went if you were able to go back now and do it again what would you do differently
0: you know what i would actually be more bold because i didn't realize how little people knew okay and so so for me now the artificial intelligence is coming in and it's yes. huge it's it's the same level of transformation that's going to be brought into business I feel like I'm a lot less timorous about shouting out what needs to be done and being a basically a thought leader in this space because my assumption was oh everybody's a lot more knowledgeable a lot more experienced I'll just come in and do a good job and hopefully people will recognize the the kind of results and everything like that whereas nowadays after you know 10-12 years in the in the saddle I feel like I've earned the right to really shout much more loudly uh, because even people with not even 10 minutes in social media in the world are shouting loudly about what they do, even though it's complete garbage.
1: So <laughs> I, know. I, I get, I can't tell you how many emails I get a day saying, we can help you do this, we can help you do that. And a lot of them are around AI as well. And I just think, and I'm sure it's AI driven. I'm sure it's not somebody sitting at their computer sort of, I'm sure it's sort of getting AI to sort of work out who to send the emails to and all the rest of it. But it is, it's becoming quite intrusive, shall we say.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And the problem is that a lot of businesses, once they understand how social media can actually make their marketing a lot faster and they can actually be a lot more productive, you know that rather than just put out like one post a week or three posts a week or something like that, they're not going to be able to go out to 90 posts a week, for example. They're still going to be garbage posts. So the (laughs) level of noise is going to be horrendous, even more so. But that's why the algorithms are our friends. You know, the algorithms are there to say, okay, if nobody's really interacting with this or they're, they're clicking away within a couple of seconds, we know it's garbage. We know it's a click farm. We know it's a bot. And so we're, we're going to minimize the damage that those people are creating in the newsfeed. So the algorithms will always be fighting to make sure we, they can surface good quality content that people tend to enjoy and appreciate and engage with and comment on and feel like they're p- being part of a crowd or a tribe or even hating on a tribe, going back to the kind of Trump analogy. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you started off just you. And how many people have you got now?
0: So, yeah, I've gone back to one because there was a period of time where I was like, okay, we need to grow. We need to have loads of people. Oh, my God, the management, the everything. I, I'm like, no, I can't do the, I can't do with it. This is not my dream. No, <laughs> no. Spending most of my time doing management and supervision now, I prefer to just bring in freelancers who are brilliant out there doing their job, and then they're they're everybody's part of the team. You know, everybody's delivering exactly what I am requiring of them, and I know that they want to do really well. They want to be able to be given more clients as well. So it just works so much better. I can guarantee a good quality output as opposed to managing people. Even when they're coming out of university with digital marketing skills, excuse me, no, no, yeah. I can't. I can't yeah. anymore. It's not happening. No. Too much spin fitting required. So I prefer to work with the freelancers. And it doesn't matter whether they have a skill in video or social or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll work with the people who've got the right talent for that particular client. So therefore, I'm more operating more again, a bit like a broker as well for the client. And I'm the kind of interface between the client and the talent
1: yeah. yeah yeah so does it what are you that you're the face that you're it I mean do you ever think about I know you probably don't but do you ever think about an exit strategy and how are you going to get out because you're it
0: I don't have a problem with that at all I always recommend that people have to have some kind of personal brand strategy as part of their marketing mix anyway because you know but the best bill in the world, if you're selling products or services, they'll go so far, whereas if the kind of chief executive or one of the big kind of leaders of the team actually talks about them or the business or what's going on behind the scenes in the industry or something, that's the stuff that goes viral, you know. So therefore, yeah, it's it's what I call the Elon Musk approach or the Richard Branson or Oprah Winfrey approach. You know, no matter what business she touches, she will still bring her crowd with her yes, and her values and her perspective, which will always be valued and respected wherever she goes in whatever type of business that she happens to be part of. So therefore, Supersized Media has me branding it as Finwichley as well, but Supersize Media stays in its own brand too. So therefore, okay. you know, getting that handoff is not going to be too difficult.
1: Okay. Okay. Because, you know, it's just that I've been told you know, because I'm SJC plus zero, people say to me, you need to change your name because you need to distance yourself from the business. And I think, well, I don't know whether that I do need to. So you're nodding your head as if to say, no, 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 no. So that's
0: good. Yeah. (laughs) I would only recommend that. Let's call it the Coco Chanel approach. You know, Coco Chanel is a brand that you know to be something of quality and class. If you can build that up as an individual, you can still sell it over as a brand too, even though everybody knows Coco Chanel is not involved in creating anything.
1: She's
0: a long line. She's a long line. Exactly. But the brand has been built up to signify a certain level of class and attention to detail and five-star excellence. So even if you put the label Chanel, onto a kettle or onto dog food you know it would still go oh my god that must be extraordinary dog food you know what i mean and you would expect to pay way over the odds yeah. for that dog food you know yeah uh, so i would i would strongly recommend that all businesses ha- sell their products and services through their normal kind of business branding but then also harness the power of the the maverick founder or some of the top team in order to really get the message out. Otherwise it's all going to be bland in the newsfeed, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see it most most particularly with the accountancy firms in the financial sector and the law firms, because they're just going to be like, oh, here we are, here's our no, new intern. boring. Here's, our boring. here's a report we got published in the local yeah. It's horrendous. Yes, and they sh- I agree. Fired and, and disciplined for polluting the newsfeed. Yeah. Whereas if they were actually able to be bold enough to get trained up so that their, say, for example, their employment law team got together and they had a brief of, right, we've got to come out with one 60 second powerful little video answering a problem in a very upbeat, creative way. And then that's our brief. And then we circulate it across social media. Happy days, because that stuff is valuable entertaining thought leading and personable and and people will always relate to that type of content as opposed to here we've just won an award (laughs) so what we don't care stop it go away put it away (laughs) It, it doesn't belong on social media we want the stories we want the drama we want the connection and that's why people go onto social media they want to be uplifted or they want to be informed you know
1: they want the personality don't they
0: they want the personality they want the emotion they want the disappointments that you've experienced as well as the elations too as a business as well
1: yeah so how would you help a business generate leads that convert to sales small businesses I'm talking about here because most of my listen- listeners are small businesses or there may be even startups
0: Great question. So, we have a management company, management consultancy, and they were just doing the usual updating from time to time on LinkedIn and Twitter because that's where they thought their people were. And of course, I was able to disavow them of that nonsense because obviously, LinkedIn and Twitter are very, very powerful, but that's not where the vast majority of the population is. You know, the vast majority of the population are hanging out on the large channels like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And so therefore LinkedIn and Twitter, still will be valuable, but they're not the only, they're not the only, orange is not the only fruit, that's the word. Yes, yes. (laughs) They're not the only fruit in the basket. So therefore, if you can actually come up with some very, very powerful content that answers the problems and challenges that your target consumer is looking at, Then you circulate that because creating the content is the hard part. Distributing it around all the social media platforms is the easy part. You know what I mean? It's like five minutes to get it all out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, you know, YouTube and everything like that. And so long as it's, it's like 60 second video, it will fit perfectly into every single one of those platforms as well. So therefore you have to come up with a, a strategy, which which is going to be based on making a really powerful offer, something that will encourage people to stop in the scroll, to look carefully because people are not just going to go, Oh, that looks great. I'm going to purchase it. You know, everybody goes onto social media or, or life day to day with massive amount of, you know, positive distrust, you know, because there's so many scammers and fakers around. So you're going to come across something that looks incredible and then you're going to do your homework. The customers are going to do their homework and then check you out and make sure you look like your are kosher. Maybe you know some people who work there. And then from that offer, you're able to gather a whole bunch of people handing over their email in order to get that special download, that special report, that special cheat sheet, that special video training process or whatever it is. Something that's so valuable that normally that you would charge in order to hand it over, so therefore, you load loads of people are handing over their emails, and now you can nurture those leads, all of those emails, not just through the email process, but also because of the fact that they've been on your website, and you've obviously, because you've been clever and you've worked with me, you've picked, you've got your pixels on your website so that therefore you can retarget with ads anybody who's been on your website in the last 3 months for example and make sure you put up lots of very valuable information because everybody who's now handed over an email been on your website or maybe even interacted with any of your content is now a warm prospect because you know they've already gone past the hurdle of do we know them do we like them do we trust them and now they're what we call in the middle of the sales funnel. They've now they've now decided. Okay, I'm interested, but I haven't decided yet. I'm I'm in the consideration phase. So so long as you can nurture me and not piss me off, I could be persuaded. You know, it's just like McDonald's says. We can't sell you hamburgers until you're hungry, but we're going to be omnipresent until you are. So that when you go, I'm hungry. Suddenly McDonald's flashes up in your head. <laughs> so okay. it's that kind of thing. Yeah. So when we were working with this uh, management consultancy, we started working, they were like skeptical as hell about social media. And one of them hates Facebook, like uh, with a vengeance. Everything that Zuckerberg has to do or say is, is disgusted. He's a professor of business, right? So let's put that out there. They just expected it to be LinkedIn and Twitter, but I said, "Well, let's see." I'm the marketing person here. You've uh, you wanted to work with somebody who's got an expertise here. How about I tell you what the strategy is? <laughs> <laughs> you shut the hell up. <laughs> and if I if I'm wrong after two months, we'll do it your way. How about that? So of course we set it all up. All the kind of what I call the marketing architecture content funnel and everything and they were getting 450 leads per month in the first month wow. and they were like oh my god what the hell have you done how is that possible what are we supposed to do with that i'm like me <laughs> i'm sitting pretty i've done my job you know yeah I can obviously help you to actually now qualify them by adding another part to the process so that by the time, you know, they've go to this process, you know, they're so qualified, you know, it's just a question of like booking a time and actually making the deal. So, you know, ultimately, it's a win-win for everybody. Once you know how to put that whole kind of persuasion and influence model together it's a it's a no-brainer so and that's my kind of money moment when I see the people who are so skeptical normally men over 50 (laughs) (laughs) because they hate everything to do with social media and once they see the power of it then they become the converts okay so there's a
1: couple of things that you said there that interested me one is I'm quite happy doing content. I love doing content. I like writing and I like sort of being a bit quirky when I'm writing. But it's the posting that gets me. I mean, I just, it's, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. The other thing is, I was going to say to you, what platforms do you think that small businesses should be on? Now, I'm like this chap. I love LinkedIn and I don't really use Facebook And I did used to use Instagram, but I got hacked and it really sort of, I lost everything, absolutely everything. That kind of put me off, but I am aware that I maybe need to get back into Instagram. But TikTok and Twitter, it's like, (laughs) and I'm of a certain age, I suppose. I'm not a young sort of entrepreneur, but you, you would be saying Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, yes. YouTube. YouTube. Yes. And I did used to do YouTube. But the other thing is, how long does it take? I mean, I did do use YouTube and I wasn't getting any traction, but I suppose I was maybe impatient, if you see what I mean. I was expecting, you know, it to happen reasonably. Not reasonably quickly, but, you know, I didn't want to wait a year. But does it take a year?
0: Well, uh, it does take a year if you're going to DIY it because you're going to have to spend all your time learning how to do it, putting yeah. it all together. And there's so many, so many parts of the, the machine that need to be put together. Do you know what I mean? So if you think about the the kind of classic digital sales funnel, you know, everything from the pixels to the hashtags to the video to the editing You know, everything can be incredibly overwhelming to get it right. But what I would recommend for a small business, for all small businesses now, is basically we're on every single platform because you never know where your people are going to come from. You know, it's just like in the old days when you just had email and addresses sending posts, and telephone and maybe eventually you came up to with the facts so you couldn't be that person who says oh no I don't believe in facts or oh no I don't believe in telephone it's like stop it just yeah. put it away <laughs> and just, just deal with reality okay let's be agnostic as a marketing person you know in your personal life you can go okay I want to hang out in those platforms that's fine as a marketer, you need to be on every single one of them in order to find your people. And you'd be surprised how many people are going to come at you from TikTok, because it's not about kids dancing, you know, over 50% of people on TikTok are over 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And for me, we use it so much nowadays, because of the fact that it's so good for search engine optimization, you know, Like last year, for example, I was in Romania for a month and every time I was looking for places to go, what should I see? I would do the usual spaces like on Google and things, you know, but the results were horrendous. You know, they had all been like basically what I call gamified and hijacked by the SEO community and the results were garbage. You know, it was just like big institutions had paid to make sure they came up on the first page. Horrible. And then if you look to Instagram and Twitter and places like that, you weren't getting good results. Went to TikTok, suddenly you got, you know, 10 things you should do in this town, 10 things you should do here, five things you should do in Edinburgh. And you've got all the visuals and everything that goes through it. And it's like, oh, this is great, you know. So one of the phenomena of TikTok is it has grown so fast to over a billion people, the fastest growing platform ever, Because of the way it encourages the creators and the businesses to actually put that content together in a very short, snappy way, but which is very, very consumable in a fast way too. And it's very authentic and raw. You don't need huge amounts of production values. You can just have a lot of personality and then you're good to go, basically. So some of the employment lawyers, for example, or finance people are getting millions of views without any ads whatsoever, because The algorithms on TikTok are set to really, really reward people who are creating great content. So you'd be surprised for that one piece of content that you create and put on LinkedIn, that 60-second video. You put it on Twitter. You put it on TikTok. TikTok is probably going to go absolutely viral because of the way it's been set up. And all of the other social media platforms are trying to be more TikTok. Because of the phenomenon of that storytelling approach – for the businesses, because businesses with the best will in the world, they'll just go buy my stuff. Here's a deal. Buy my stuff. (laughs) Whereas when you're on TikTok, you actually have to be a lot more creative about getting that message in there in a way that is not going to just have people scrolling past, which is a very strong negative comment from the algorithms basically as well. So therefore, Instagram introduced Reels and then Facebook has got Reels. And now YouTube has got Shorts and they're all trying to outdo themselves to become more TikTok because that type of content is so fabulous, which is why we're saying this is the type of content you should be creating from now on. And therefore, whatever channel you put it out on, it's going to have an impact, but it's going to have most impact on those, those channels where you're starting to build your community. And that type of content will always build the community.
1: So what about a small business entrepreneur? Um, There is just them and they've got, you'll wear a lot of hats and they maybe don't have the budget to pay for someone like you to do it all. You do do training because I've been on training before and your training isn't expensive really. So they could do something like that, could they?
0: absolutely because because I'm so religious about this particular format and I, and I'm always I've always been passionate about startup and small businesses yeah there's absolutely the training to help you understand how to you know use your you tel- use your mobile phone to actually create this content and then help you understand what type of content is going to work well how to make sure you've got a really catchy SEO search engine optimized title, make sure you've got a good hook, in the first three to five seconds, because if you don't have a good hook, people are gonna s- scroll away within the first three seconds. And then how to structure your bullet points and how to put in your call to action. So that's all totally trainable. And then what to do in terms of editing, you know. so some businesses will train them up on doing all of that and then they just shove all the kind of basic clips to us and then we'll edit it up and put all the hashtags and the captions and the pop-ups and everything onto it. Or we'll teach them on how to do that part too, to make sure it's properly optimized for results as well.
1: You talked about ads. Now, when I think about ads, I think about this is showing sure my age, of course, I think about ads on the telly. But ads to you are something else, aren't they? So can you explain what ads are?
0: Yeah, so ads is basically where you just pay a bit of cash in order to make sure that the content is seen by your target audience,
1: you know. So it's a bit like being sponsored, is it?
0: it kind of. So let's put it this way. If you are a ski shop in Edinburgh or Aberdeen, right, and you want to put some content up onto social media to tell people that you've got a sale coming up next month and come along, it's 20% off, free trials, whatever. All the good stuff. So you put that into your news feed and then you hope for the best, right? But the chances are if you've not put that content together in a way that has a chance of going viral, i.e., you've just thrown it up there, you've published it basically, or you're supposed to marketed it, then your only op your only chance of getting it seen by the target people is with a bit of budget on it. So therefore, you put five quid, ten quid on it, and you will guarantee that they, all the people that see it will be people who are interested in ski products, interested in ski magazines, interested in ski venues, interested in ski celebrities. Do you know what I mean? So you can target it so that 100% of the people who are your potential target audience get to see that content. And you can specify, all right, I want people within you know 30 miles of the shop because I know that there's only a certain amount of time people are going to travel to come to this sale. And you can target it at people who've already handed over an email. You can target at people who you already purchased. You can target it at people who've already been on your website. So that targeting means literally just a, a, a budget. And it could be very, very small budget, but it guarantees you to get in front of your target audience as opposed to just putting it in the newsfeed and hoping for the best.
1: I get that for a retail company, but what about for someone like me? you know, who sells services as such, what would my ads be? Would it be sort of like, if I do booklets and things that I want to give away for free or information that I want to give away for free, would it be that?
0: Yeah, I would, if I was working with you, we would want to refine a specific audience, right? So say, for example, who would would you like to, let's, let's, let's mock the scenario right now. Who are your kind of, Most profitable clients, let's put it that way. And what sector are they in?
1: I like working with creatives. And they're not probably the most profitable. And they're probably not the most easiest to work with. But I love working with creative people. I get a lot lot from working with creative people.
0: So in that case, what I would do is I would create short video on... Just coming up for some kind of big tax announcement or some kind of big opportunity fund that's coming around for creatives or some kind of big news story that's coming around that creative industry people need to know about, create a short video, like 60 seconds, that tells people why they need to know about it and then direct them to the PDF or the longer video, the 20-minute video, which, t- which they can only access if they hand over their email.
1: All oh, right. Okay. Okay. And you would put ads on that. So you would target the specific audience for that, right? right
0: exactly. Right. So then you could actually say for one version, you'd say this is really important for people who work in the graphic design sector or, yeah. who are, you know, so you can call them out because you know that when people see that, that message because obviously you have to put the captions on it too they can see it and they can hear it and they can see you yeah they see their name being called out as graphic designers or creative industries they're instantly you know you've grabbed their attention you've got the right hook you're pulling them in and now you're giving them a free kind of document or pdf or 10 minute 20 minute video on what they need to know and you've now started nurturing that conversation basically. Yeah. So therefore, the ads will go to all the people that we've mentioned before.
1: Yeah. So, what does financial freedom mean to you?
0: <laughs> financial freedom for me means being able to leave a leave a bit of a legacy for my kids. Really, I've got five children, as I said, and I, as of yesterday morning at quarter past four. I've got five grandchildren. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Congratulations. I've just got my first. Oh, You've got five. Yeah, I got my first on the 14th of June, a little granddaughter. Oh, beautiful. I'm totally and utterly smitten. Oh,
0: the love grandkids it, love it, love it. are incredible, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, they're something else. They really are. My eldest grandchild is seven. And so now we've got one who's—I uh, guess he's twenty-four hours now. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah.
0: and it was a home birth, so I had to be there to make sure she's doing the right job as oh, well. Oh,
1: we're
0: well a big done. Well, we're, we're a big home birthing family. How oh, are you? Oh yeah. no,
1: this one was a um, was she opted for a water birth. I don't know whether actually Marlo was actually born in the bath, but she did opt for a water birth.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so leaving a legacy for the Waynes because I didn't, you know, there was there was nothing in the legacy from my feckless parents. No. I've had to uh, do everything from scratch. And, you know, as a result of having the business, you know, I've been able to put some of the kids into private school and, you know, give them opportunities I never had to to maybe let them be even more feckless than my parents were. You never know because you can never yeah. tell. No, you're well, not. But at least you're giving them, uh, I'm giving them something that a bit of a leg up that I didn't get when I started. And out. have
1: any of them joined you in the industry or are thinking about going into the industry?
0: Yeah, of course. I've got two who are part of the business as well with me. One, he does a lot of the Facebook ads now, and he, he has his own clients as well. So he's still independent which means I still get to shout at him for uh, <laughs> on top of it with the clients, but, you know, and he doesn't even live here. He lives over overseas. So that works well. And then the other one, he's got a big background in digital sales. So he helps in that kind of space as well. Again, he's very entrepreneurial, both my boys. So that's phenomenal. Uh, but the girls have no interest whatsoever at all so far, but we also, you never know. You never know.
1: Yeah. You do never know. So tell me a simple pleasure, Finn.
0: Simple pleasure. Well, just based on what happened last night, it's got to be (laughs) uh, assisting at home births.
1: (laughs) And have you done more than one? You say that as if it's been more than one.
0: Yeah, so I had four myself, and then my eldest daughter had three, and then this is the the next daughter. She's uh, had her first one. So, so there's quite a few still to go, really.
1: Wow, that's incredible.
0: <laughs> it's fun. But apart from that, it doesn't happen all the time. Apart from that, I love, now that the kids are all grown up type thing, the youngest is now 20, she's at uni, I get to travel again. Because having five kids man, you know, travel is just yeah. not possible. So last year I did a whole month in Romania, a whole month in the south of France, working from home, but still having a great holiday, I'm just having my best life, really. So I'm fully intending continuing to do that. I'm. I've decided I'm never going to do January in Edinburgh again. Okay. <laughs> January this year was pretty hard. I thought. So this year I'll probably uh, well, January next year I'll probably be in Thailand for a month or two. My best friend has moved over to Chicago, so I'll probably be spending some time over in Chicago from now on. But you know, I'll, Edinburgh will always be home. Scotland will always be home, but. You know, this is the next chapter of my life as a granny. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: I get to be a digital nomad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the good thing about, I think the pandemic taught us that you can operate your business anywhere nowadays. Because up until then, I think people used to think it wasn't possible, but we proved that you can do it through Zoom and you can do it. I mean, like a lot of my clients thought they had to be in Aberdeen I couldn't have a client in Edinburgh. I couldn't have a client in London. I couldn't have a client in England or Wales or anywhere because it wouldn't work because they couldn't, they couldn't sort of turn up on my doorstep to talk to me. And Zoom has proved that wrong. And you can be anywhere. I I can be in Aberdeen. I could be in Spain. I could be in France. I could be in Chicago and I could still be working. That's a great sort of thing that I think the pandemic has taught us.
0: It's phenomenal, and it, but it also means that you're competing with people in Buenos Aires and Kuala Lumpur as well. You know, yeah. because the person that would have gone to the local accountant or or lawyer is now thinking, well, I don't need to. I can go to the person in Brighton or wherever yeah. or Kuala Lumpur if that's necessary if that's possible. But ultimately, the only thing that's going to allow that to happen is if they have built their trust. Yes, and that's still going to be. The number one most magical ingredient ingredient in business. If they don't know you from Adam, they don't care. They they'll never pick you. But if you spend time networking, understanding who they are, understanding that personal brand behind the business, that's how they get to buy into you wherever they are in the world as well.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about AI because everybody seems to be frightened about. It. There's a lot of you know a lot of people talking about the misuse of AI. And me, I see it as a positive tool and I see it like it'll never replace me. So therefore, no matter what it does, it'll never replace the personal touch. So you shouldn't be frightened about it. You should be able to embrace it. What do you think?
0: I 100% agree. I I cannot disagree with you at all because... Whatever tool comes in, there's always going to be the upside or the downside to it. And ultimately, a tool is only as good as the person that's wielding it. So, I mean, there's plenty of people out there who are going to be using it for ill because that's that's how they're wired. And there's going to be good people that use it for good, you know, social media has such a kind of bad reputation because there is a lot of crazy people out there in the world, you know, so they're not all coming in with uh, butterflies and roses. But if you spend enough time, you begin to understand the nutters and the crazies and the scammers and everybody, just like even when you're walking along Princess Street, because you've done it so often, you understand which ones you don't get c- catch eye contact yes. with. Yes. You know what I mean? yeah. So you 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 learn how to navigate all all of, all of the spaces properly.
1: It must make a big difference to you. Though. The the content side, I would think, makes a big difference to you because you can go on to AI and say, I mean, I can go on to AI and say, give me, you know, give me seven reasons why I should be doing this sort of thing. Yeah. And Click 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 and produced. Yeah. And then all I need to do is tweak it so that it sounds like me.
0: Exactly. It's it's an absolute beast of a of a tool. You know, give me seven tweets or give me seven tweets in the style of Billy Connolly talking about finance. Yes. You know, it's unreal how phenomenal it's going to be in terms of unleashing your creativity and productivity as well. But you're right, though. I mean, in the in the wrong hands, it can be uh, used for for all kinds of devious factors, but that you can't legislate for that. Do you know what I mean? There's bad folk with ill will in the world and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to bring your best self to the party all the time. Yeah.
1: So final question, because it's nearly the hour. Do you ever feel overwhelmed and how do you cope if you feel overwhelmed?
0: That's a good question. There are some days I get up and I work hard and I feel like I haven't made any progress. And sometimes I find that if I just slow down and, you know, maybe even take a couple of hours off, it helps to kind of refocus and rebalance the old noggin so yeah. that I can actually come back and things are Working a lot more harmoniously because you if you're working too hard, I I feel like your 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 sockets get fried, you know. Yeah. So you need to you need to sometimes just chill the hell out. As a as an entrepreneur, your tendency will be to overwork, and in this kind of sector, you know, your brain power is being exercised to the max. You know, navigating how to manage all the different per- clients and personalities and requirements and marketing and updates and everything you know, you you, you underestimate how, how taxing it can be on the old uh, brain cells. So I, I find that if I get into that space of kind of overwhelm or anxiety, it's normally because I've just been working too hard and it's time to just get the foot off the gas, go and have a spa day, go and treat <laughs> myself, to something very lavish and indulgent and exotic and I am right as rain and even if I come back to it the next day and I'm still feeling overwhelmed I'm like oh well that means another day off then <laughs> 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 and I'll keep going until it might be even a week that I've I needed to take off but I do always tune in to are we feeling productive today or or is this uh, or is it not happening we're just going to take a chill day you know yeah yeah, that's that's the joy of being an entrepreneur. You can go at the pace which is comfortable for you.
1: Yeah, the way I feel, I feel as if my brain's rattling about inside my skull and I just need to go somewhere and let it stop rattling about and just still. It's a bit like you just still sit somewhere quiet and just look out the window or sit in the garden or something and let my brain stop for a little while.
0: yeah I actually learned to do a lot of uh, meditation and yoga over the years and I even qualified as a massage therapist I just not because I wanted to but just because I was it was a client and I always like to get involved with the client stuff to really understand what they're doing and then I got sucked into learning how to become a massage therapist but just doing massage for other people was so therapeutic you know because you really have to focus on being very physical so I just loved it so I mean I'm I'm never gonna be a massage therapist but it's just like that ability to you know shut the brain down and just actually exist in a physical space it can be very very relaxing.
1: I had a director that I worked with who used to go mountain climbing because he said the, you had to concentrate when you were mountain climbing because if you didn't concentrate, you could end up having a serious fall. So it was great for him because that was the only thing that he could think about. He couldn't think about anything else, so he could forget about the business for that time while he was mountain climbing. Now yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't particularly want to go mountain climbing. <laughs> Massage sounds much nicer to me. Uh, Or
0: or I'll play the piano as well. I I used to be a wedding organist in a... Oh, did you? Yeah, before I got into all this marketing malarkey. So I do play a bit of Bach. Because again, Bach is very good for the brain cells as well. It's very functional and organized. And, you know, they've done all the tests and studies to say that it helps to harmonize your 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 brain cells basically so okay. that really helps yeah okay. okay playing it or listening to it it's all the same
1: okay so it was really good to talk to you finn thank you very much for joining me podcast is called small business financial freedom and my name is susan crichton if you like this podcast please like the like it on apple spotify or wherever you're listening and follow me thank you cheers yeah. Mm-hmm.